Do not be alarmed. It will often throughout this episode sound like Claire and I want to murder each other in cold blood. That is how much we disagree about this book. However, this is only slightly true. Both of us and our friendship survived this very fractious recording. Maybe. Hello and welcome to One More Chapter, a podcast where we'll talk about books that moved us for better or for worse. I'm Clara. And I'm Claire. And we're your hosts. So today we're discussing Beautiful World. Where are you? (laughs) And if you are a Sally Rooney fan, I will be angering you quite deeply in this episode. But not to worry. No, I'm here to defend us. Yes, we have our fearless defender here. (laughs) Okay, so just a little bit of housekeeping before we get started. Claire? What did we start? We started a Patreon. That is so true. Thank God you remember. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to support us, we have bonus episodes on there. We post on there. Yes. And we do other things. We do polls. We do We do polls. book recommendations. Mm-hmm. And you also get our full book list, by the way. Oh, yeah. That's so true. If, that is so yeah, accurate. If you are a patron on our Patreon, you will get the full book list so you can read in advance if you so yeah. desire. And during our hiatus, we'll do more books. We will. We will. On our Patreon. Yes. So Not by Sally Rooney. Ah, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. I learned my lesson. <laughs> so before we get started, here's the online book summary. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Alice, a novelist, meets Felix, who works in a warehouse, and asks him if he'd like to travel to Rome with her. In Dublin, her best friend Eileen is getting over a breakup and slips back into flirting with Simon, a man she has known since childhood. Alice, Felix, Eileen, and Simon are still young, but life is catching up with them. They desire each other, they delude each other, they get together, they break apart. They have sex, they worry about sex, and worry about their friendships and the world they live in. Are they standing in the last lighted room before the darkness, bearing witness to something? Will they find a way to believe in a beautiful world? I was trying not to laugh. Okay. So this is a book I never would have picked up in my defense. Just reading this. This was my first time reading this was when we were doing the research for this. I just read this book totally cold. Mm -hmm. This is also my first Rooney novel. And last, from what I gather. For me, the lighted are they standing in the last lighted room before the darkness? Gave strong Kim, there's people who are dying. Or I guess that. She does. I mean, true, but I feel like that's the point. Like, there's it people is. that are dying because the world is a shit show, and we're, like, so deeply aware of it because the news literally never stops. Yes. And yet, we have to keep living with all of these mundane life things that happen to us and because of us, even with the knowledge that the world is extremely shitty. Because, like, what is the alternative? Yes. How or do we mean, live You could otherwise? be like Alice, though, and just list them and then be like, I'm too tired. Oh, by the way, I hate all my fans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could. How did you come into this book? <laughs> so I am I am a Sally Rooney fan. Yes. I will say that. Whether she hates me or not. Um, <laughs> I mean, Clara has recently discovered yes. that she hates Sally Rooney with a deep, deep passion. But I relate to both her writing and her stories. A lot. So this was a reread for right. me because I 100% read it during the fall of 2021 and when it first came shows. out. I have watched her. I, I read Normal People in Conversations with Friends, both of which were adapted into Hulu mm-hmm. TV shows. And I was like, oh, a new Sally book when this one came out. And yes. I read it then. And now I reread yeah. it. Yeah, this is your second read. That yeah. is 
Can you believe? <laughs> no, I cannot. So this, so I Sally is everywhere right now. I mean, it's I feel like you can't. Sally. It really is all about Sally. Like her, if you walk into a bookstore, it's usually her books are in the front. It's either normal people or conversations. Yeah. Normal friends. people is like I think the biggest hit, right? But yeah, both of them are. And then her shows are everywhere. I have not read any of her books or watched any of her shows, um, or the shows, the adaptations. Um, you know, Sally is called the great millennial novelist, and I do agree that she is a millennial novelist because <laughs> of her age. Um, and again, Beautiful World, Where Are You is my first foray. 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 You got it. Yeah. That's the one. <laughs> I know. It's like coming back. I, did you know when, when I was little, I couldn't say my R's, and like sometimes it comes back. Anyway, so this is my first introduction to Sally was this book. But it's she's impossible to ignore. So, so if you don't know anything about Sally Rooney, she is an Irish girly. Yes. In case you didn't glean that from the casual melancholy that kind of drips off every mm-hmm, single mm-hmm, page. Mm-hmm. She's in her 30s and has become over the last 10 years or so wildly famous. Yes. To the extent that a novelist can become wildly famous. Her prior two books, which we just talked about, Normal People in Conversations with Friends, were both adopted into series for Hulu. And she has as Claire mentioned, Mm -hmm. been touted as the voice of the millennial generation. (laughs) Though even I, a Sally stan, would venture to say that she is the voice of a specific type of millennial. Yes, she is Of which I am one, to be fair. She is a millennial uh, author. She's not the, she is a. You know, it's all about... Articles. Definite and indefinite. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so Clara, please summarize this book. I cannot Wait, summarize it. Wait, spoiler break. Oh, gosh. Spoiler break. I know. Clara I f- doesn't even want to do a spoiler break. She's like, people aren't even going to read this book. They haven't read this book. Claire, you are the <laughs> no, only... No, but people have read it <laughs> and loved it. I mean, here's the thing. So um, I am a huge reviews reader. Connoisseur. Yes. And the way people were just, this book is amazing. Universally, I mean, New York Times, Vulture, Vice, all the places where I go for reviews. And then there was one negative review. Claire has framed it. Um, that was like, I feel like I'm going crazy reading this book after reading these reviews. And I was like, uh-oh. But anyway, so let's this do This is a spoiler. spoiler right? <laughs> if you have not read Beautiful World, Where Are You?, Please pause or don't. No, no, pause. Pause and come back when you've listened to it, when you've, when you've read it. Yeah, so pause and then come back when you've finished. So Whether you hated or loved it. Mm-hmm. I think it's both, one or the other. Both are represented in this room right now. Mm-hmm. A house divided. Okay, so three, three two, one. <laughs> All right, Clara, what is the book summary? So we'll do a very brief summary because it's not like, a Sally Rooney novel is distinguished by heavy plot. Um, that's not derogatory. It's just the way that it is. Um, so what we have here is a group of four characters, and the novel t- takes place over approximately a year, year and a half. Mm-hmm. Eileen and Alice, friends who met in college and are about 30 years old, are main girlies, and they're at a very fraught point in their lives, as early 30s tend mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. Alice is a now-famous novelist who, after a nervous breakdown following the success of her first two novels, moves from Dublin to the countryside and begins a semi-tumultuous relationship with a man, Felix, who grew up in town and now works at a warehouse. Semi? It's just tumultuous. (laughs) 
Eileen still lives in Dublin and works for very little pay at a literary magazine. She is close with Simon, a man five years her senior who she grew up with and has a tricky, often unsatisfying relationship with. Mm -hmm. Eileen and Alice write letters to each other in the form of emails covering not just the personal details of their lives, but also, and just as importantly, their thoughts and opinions about class, society, climate change, and politics. These are not short emails. (laughs) Frequently, the two friends are frustrated with each other, upset that they can't seem to get on the same page about the decisions that they have made in their lives. Eileen doesn't approve of Alice moving to the seaside, for example, and Alice can't fathom why Eileen is grieving over the end of a five-year relationship with a man that she didn't even like that much. There's an underlying tension, and you get the feeling that they can't believe that the person that they're closest to, who knows them better than anyone in the world, doesn't fully get them. So interwoven with with the emails are the relationships being built between Alice and Felix and between Eileen and Simon. Both of these couples, naturally, end up together in the end, but I wouldn't at all call this book a love story or a romance. There is love involved, yes, but I don't think romantic love is the theme of this book at all. I feel like you you give her so many favors in this you have filled in a lot of gaps i mean that's what a reader does like isn't that what you do when reading when something isn't like explicitly described and you're Um, just like oh this is what the character like i think maybe what the author was going for in you if this was what the book was I would have liked it. Sally and I understand each other. This was, but this, she does not get here, especially with the Eileen and Alice relationship. You are very kind. I mean, I feel like I have had friendships, like, not to the extent of kind of tension that Alice and Eileen have, but I've had tense friendships. No. Not like this. I mean... Well, not with my best friend. Not with your best friends. Yeah. But there but there are always moments, right? That you're just like at different points in your lives. And you're just like, you might be a little bit jealous or you might not understand yeah. like why they're with that person. And, right. And but I feel like, like my best... So I have a long distance bestie. Like we were friends in college. We were yeah. roommates all four years. And then um, we live in different states. So we're in constant contact. Yeah. Like constant yeah um and i feel like if she was with someone i didn't approve of since she is like my best friend from college i would just be like your boyfriend is weird and then here's an emoji yeah like whatever these two do i was like what yeah if i got an email like that like whatever they sent from my best friend i would call her i would call her with my little number beep 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 and be like what's going on are you okay did you get hacked (laughs) no one appreciates a sad and melancholy (laughs) book like me so i very much enjoyed this i mean honestly i liked it even more during this reread than i did the first time around back in 2021 and i fully understand i do (laughs) that a lot of people do not communicate the way the characters in a sally rooney novel do because it's a very particular style, but it's, I mean, it's not overwhelmingly foreign or fake to me. Just I appreciate that she shows kind of the struggle of living in the modern world, which is inherently cringy. It is cringy to live in this world. Like, it is cringy to be a privileged person, which both of us are, and just be aware of and talk about the injustice and shittiness that millions of less privileged people suffer. Because then we talk about it, and then we have to turn right back around and go back to our little coffee shops and our little tweets and our personal struggles, which 
never yes. matter as much and they're always so minimal in the grand scheme of things and that's that's cringy that's embarrassing it is but she i do not feel like the author gets there with the way that she talks about it because she's very and then so she's like okay here is just a laundry list about mesopotamia and how beauty in the earth left with the fall of the berlin wall but anyway what i really want to talk about is why i'm so rich and i'm so famous but people don't know me like she sounded like she was like nine years old and she's like they don't know me i'm not famous in the right type of way like they don't understand me they read one article about me and they think they know me and i was like ma'am read the room first of all second of all it was so hypocritical because this is such a self these both of these women both Alice and Eileen, they're indistinguishable to me. They are they are Sally. And it was like anyone who follows literature knows that she has this big marketing team. And if she hates doing interviews and if she hates, you know, people knowing her, it's very easy to say, now I have reached this point in my career where I hate this. So I'm going to publish with an indie author. I know my readers are going to find me and I'm not going to do this anymore. I mean, I think it's that's a very simplistic way of looking at publishing and book writing, though, because but, like in order to sell books, you have to give interviews. And it's not like she gives a ton of interviews like I have looked because yes, in preparation. So then what for this, is she complaining about in her country home? In her, well, first of all, we're talking about Alice, the character, no, not Sally Rooney. The same. They are the same. I don't think they're the same. I don't think they're the same. Obviously, authors always insert a little bit of themselves into their characters. This was all. This it was like Al. It was like Sally one and Sally two. I mean, I again don't agree, <laughs> but it's just like that. That's also the point. Just the pretentiousness is the point, and you feeling but, that they're pretentious <sighs> is also the intention. Just, I know, but here's the thing about that. So. Okay, for like generations, like people of the global majority have been like, you know what, it would be really great if we had more diverse voices in the literary world. And I feel like there's been this recent trend to be like, okay, we hear you. So here we're going to double down on white privilege, but then be like, oh, it's a commentary on white privilege. And it's like, no, that's not what we asked for. Like, I don't care. Like the whole point is like, I don't want to keep reading these stories. And now they're just getting even worse. Like this is like just so like insufferably privileged like I do not want to read about a 29 year old in her country home outside of Dublin one of the most expensive cities in the whole world being like I'm not famous in the way I specifically want to be famous and nobody knows I mean me. I don't think she wanted to be famous at all I think that's the point it's just like why does being successful in the career that you choose because that's the only thing that you feel you're good at have to involve a sort of fame that I did not sign up for. And it's just like, yes, it's privilege, but that's the point. I don't really want Sally Rooney to talk to me about race. You know well, what no, I mean? Well, no, I definitely do So it's just like, not. okay, do but we... But I guess what I'm saying is why are we continuing to platform these authors who just put out the same, like, navel-gazing stuff that we can just... I could go on my Facebook neighborhood page and read this same book, but in real life. I just don't think that's true. I think these are like valid points of view and it's just like they're valid stories to tell. And that's the whole point that they're just like normal people no. who have reached a point in their lives where they're just like, okay, I have like all of this. 
now what? And it's just like, what what happens after after this? And it's just the world is so shitty. And yeah, yeah and I'm aware but of also it. Also, I and feel like this is a woman, Sally Rooney, because this is her. It's not. Who has the platform to actually potentially have a voice in how shitty the world is. And she's a be writer. A vehicle for change. Why why do people have to be a vehicle? Like they I don't, don't want to be a vehicle for change. But then I also don't change. want to hear you complain about like actual people's lived experiences if you don't actually live it and you're just like commenting on it from the sidelines in your mansion. So then like writers shouldn't be able to write fiction essentially. Writers mm-hmm. should only be well, able to no, write about exactly like, what they know. And it's like, when do we stop? No. And how do we know that she doesn't, that she isn't familiar with this? Do you know what I mean? I mean, because it doesn't sound like it from her writing. She very much, like, even, like, the Felix character, I guess he works, like, an Amazon warehouse. It was, like, what I think maybe a poor person would be like. And then, so she has two leads who are completely the same person. And then she's like, okay, well, I don't use punctuation. I don't use quotation marks i mean i think the only thing was a quotation marks the rest of punctuation was like no paragraph breaks like it was like what is this not finished is this a draft like i don't understand what is happening and like how how are we saying that this is the voice of a generation there's no quotes there's no paragraph breaks there's no character development it's like what no this can't be I was, like, mystified. I was like, no, this can't be. Like, I dissent. I dissent. I mean, I don't think a punctuation issue, like, takes away. And I don't don't think it's an issue. Like, I've read books that don't have traditional punctuation. It's, like, a choice. It's fine. I still understood. You still understood. No, I didn't. Because I didn't know who was talking because the characters were the same person. Like, there was no difference between Alice and Eileen. There's no difference. I mean, I disagree for a variety of reasons. They, you know, they're very different. No, they, grew- they were both like tiny and that's, she described them both as like tiny She is white. like obsessed with, describe, with like wafy, wafish. Then, yeah, so they didn't have any, fi- yeah. in the end you found out that one was blonde and one was brunette. Oh really? Who's yeah. blonde? Eileen? Alice. Alice. Oh really? Yeah. Wait, who was the one that was with the uh, youth pastor? <laughs> Um, Eileen. Yeah, so Alice was blonde. Interesting. Yeah, it was just in passing. You got her hair color. Okay. Well, there you go. (laughs) So different. I mean, you know, like, also your friends who you grew up with and who you get close to, they tend to be like you. They tend to be similar to you. That was the thing that killed me about those emails is I didn't know who was writing to whom until I was like halfway in and I was like, okay, I think this is Eileen. I mean, there was definitely like a dear Alice or a dear Eileen at the beginning of the emails. No. Which, le- yes, there was, Claire. It was so confusing because I was always like, who am I? Who is this? They were the same. And also, why not? Why are we not texting? I wanted like, I wanted to insight into the people's group chats. These were very depressed girlies who were not partaking in group chats. Like, I write emails to my friends sometimes. Like, I write little greeting cards. I bet you they are a thousand times more dynamic than whatever it is that we got here. Maybe, maybe. But that's, like, my friendships. Like, you know, I... People communicate via email. Like, it's not 
I, an I, ancient form of communication. And it's just like some people like talk about a lot of different things than just like themselves via email. Like, do you not talk to your friends about like politics and climate change and different things that are happening other than like your personal life? Um, Like maybe in passing, but I don't think I would ever be like, hey, girl, um, Mesopotamia fell and there was a lost language that I maybe sort of know about, but I don't. Here's some copy and pasted things from Wikipedia. Also, beauty was sucked from the world when the Berlin Wall fell. I mean, again, it was the like, pretentiousness is the point. No, but again, it really yeah, and is. That, it's, it's just like, like, yeah, and like I have a huge problem with people doubling down and being like, okay, so we're not going to give you any authors of color. We're not going to give them these huge platforms. We're just going to be like, oh, uh, it's a commentary on white privilege. It's like, okay, or we could just go outside. I mean, I don't think it's a commentary on white privilege necessarily. It's just like a book about two friends. Two maybe friends. Because I didn't also, I was also like, these girls need maybe a friendship breakup. Like you could barely even tell they liked each other. Obviously, like throughout the point that we're reading, they're going through a fraught period. But in like, their for why? Because Alice decided to leave <laughs> Dublin after her psychotic Again, break, and, and Eileen like a, doesn't understand her choices. But she never says that until the end. There's like finally a moment of honesty at the end when Eileen is we like, "We can gather from the emails." No, I could from, not gather from the emails because I mean, they weren't about anything. It was like just random stream of consciousness about nothing i could not gather anything and then i was like oh okay i guess eileen is mad that alice moved away when she finally just said it like i would have just said that to my best friend i would have been like why did you move and not tell me you bitch There's just no honesty here. There's no dynamic. There's nothing dynamic. I think there is like a lot of honesty between the lines. Maybe not in the direct words that are spoken or emailed between each other. But I think there is a lot of honesty no, between the lines. I feel lines. like there, that is a common thread of um, Sally Rooney stands is reading between the lines. I feel like people are making excuses for this woman. I don't think it's excuses. I think it's just like, okay, I recognize these characters because I have known a lot of these people. I have been these people. And it's just like, I recognize what they're experiencing. And I, you know, you go into a book with your own lived experience. So you you bring that in and you analyze and interpret a book based on what you know about the kinds of people that you're reading about. So it's not like if something isn't explicitly said, that doesn't mean it's not happening between the lines. Like that's your job as a reader is also to interpret, not to just like take the things that are being said to you, but But yeah, there's just nothing here. I kept on going back through these emails. I mean, like, why did she even send this? Do these girls like each other? Are they friends? Yeah. They were in this very uncomfy battle of intellectual wills that I have never encountered before among best friends. I mean, again, I think that's the point. I think they're jealous of each other for different reasons. Alice is jealous of Eileen that she is mentally stable, honestly. And Eileen is jealous of Alice that she's a now famous author and she feels like she's done nothing with her life and all that tension that tension is 
like reading between the lines of the emails just like oh alice like why the fuck did you move to the seaside but she doesn't say that until the end yeah she does she says it all throughout she says it all throughout and it's like why did you move to the seaside i thought you moved there for a mental break and then you're also going on tour publishing like right promoting your book the tour yes i thought you were you on a break but it was just so not real and then the way that the author was like okay we're gonna write this long dry email then we're gonna have pages of actual people talking to each other sort of and then you get a response it was like so are they communicating like days apart yes yeah so that's also like what again I'm always talking. I feel like best friends, don't they talk? Like, if I went days without speaking to my best friend, then I would not consider that my bestie. I mean, I think that's a little silly. Like, you don't need to talk to someone every single day yes. to be a best friend. I don't talk to my best friend every day. Oh, I talk to my best friend, like, every hour. I mean, I think those are styles of friendship, and that's fine. Like, I have friends but that I talk to every day. you're also nice to, I'm sure you're nice to your best I'm friend. very nice to my best friend, yes. Like, these girls don't lift each other up. They're not hyping each other up. If my friend was a famous author, I would still hype her up. I'm sure she has. We don't, but we don't see it here. We see no kindness. We see no joy. We see no happiness. Like nothing. I think the communication itself was part of the joy that they bring to each other's lives. Like no matter how low they get personally, they know that the other will be there. Maybe not to like send memes. And I would have hated to see a meme in the actual book. Like that would have like thrown me off completely. In real life, yes. But like in the book, I would have been like immediately no. Oh, I see. I would have been like, I would have just any, anything that's like, okay, these are friends. I would never and ever write to a friend in this way, even a casual friend and especially not a best friend. I would be gravely concerned if I received an email like this. Again, I would call and I would say, what is this? Help me help you. I'm going to start sending you emails, Claire. Yeah, and then I will call you. If you send me an email (laughs) like this, I would pick up my phone and do the unimaginable and I would call you and I would say, what the hell is this? I have 100% sent my friends emails. But I talked about like worldly issues. If I have read your newsletter, it Mm, is funny. (laughs) And you put pictures in it. I do put pictures in it, but they're not emails to my best friend. But I can gar- I can a, a 100,000 million bajillion percent guarantee that your emails to your best friend. They are witty. Yes. My emails are witty. But that's because I'm a witty person, she said. <laughs> <laughs> Wittily. <laughs> um, this outline has, like, gone off the deep end. We okay, have an outline, listener. We have not followed it. Okay, please tell me, why was this book popular? Because <laughs> <laughs> it was. Oh, man. Okay, Sally writes about middle-class millennials. No. Let me see. (laughs) Sally writes about middle-class millennials, which is a big chunk of the book-buying demographic for me. For me and for millions of others, Sally's Rooney. (laughs) Sally's Rooney. (laughs) Rooney's writing is very honest and efficient. She doesn't waste words or characters express themselves in maybe... Ways that maybe we don't in real life necessarily, but sometimes wish we could. They may have trouble communicating, but they have no trouble expressing themselves, if that makes sense. And I was reading this profile. 
that The Guardian did on Rooney when Beautiful World was published in 2021. And at one point, it reads, Rooney's heroines are, without fail, always the smartest people in the room. They're also pretentious, priggish, self-absorbed, and superior, condescending, and driven by insecurity. You would agree, Claire, with that. But I, I think that's the key. The characters may be unlikable, but to me and to many, many readers, I think, they're unlikable in a way that reminds us of real people, whether that be ourselves or the annoying people that we know. Those are not mutually exclusive. This is actually, as, a, as an aside, like the same issue that I had with White Lotus season one. People were like, oh, it's a commentary on rich people behaving badly, but it still centered the rich people. They still came out on top mm-hmm. at the end. It wasn't like, and that's what I get from this. Like these people are awful and they still get what they want in the end. We're supposed still, I guess, I think we're supposed to care about what they have to say. And it's like, no, I don't care. And ew. Fun fact, Sally Rooney was like the top debater. Like yeah, she was. I did read that. Yeah. In Europe. Before she became like a novelist. Yeah. Which is interesting. I feel like she should start maybe writing op eds. She has. Yeah, maybe. She does write op eds. She wrote one recently about like rent prices being too high in Dublin and how people are being priced out of. And it was actually really good. Yeah. I feel like I'll send it to you via email. Should we? I I don't even know if I want to do Kiss Mary Kill because yeah, you are obliterating. The they're all gotta go. <laughs> Nobody will be left alive. There was no one I liked. Oh man, I was I mean, also though my so I did not like Eileen. I did not like Alice, and I didn't like the creepy, like creepy, creepy. You're you're so good. Oh my You're god, such a Claire. I can't. I can't. You're doing so good. Okay, that is not what was said. Yes, that's all he said. That is not verbatim. It's close. <laughs> it's not verbatim. I wanted to peel my skin off. <laughs> but Felix, I have no idea why he was in this book. He, he didn't was, even seem to like anyone, and nobody actually seemed to like him. He was kind of there and having a good time. He does not even like her as a person. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like it was a way of showing how much Alice hated herself at that point, that she was willing to accept being with a man who clearly, at the beginning, or did throughout. not even like her much. Never at he any point. He was kind of bemused by her. He was just I, like, who is that. this person? who just randomly moved by herself to the countryside. I did not enjoy him. So my kiss, Mary Kill. Okay, yes, I have please. You actually, yes. Okay. I Go did ahead. not find them to be very unlikable myself. Really? I mean, they were just like people. They were like people I know. I mean, not my best friends. They're not like my best friends. I will say that. But they're not like incredibly like unknowable people i will say that they were just kind of going through things that i've gone through and reacting in a way that well i might not have reacted (laughs) myself were rational when kind of placed in the context of the narrative that's that there's absolutely a bit of like a daddy situation narrative through eileen and simon's relationship again not something i haven't seen in the real world no i mean it's not unrealistic but kmk (laughs) i would kiss eileen He's just going through it. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> I would marry Simon <gasps> and I would kill Felix. I agree that he was mean. I agree that he was mean. His little jibes are not something I could tolerate Mm-mm. from a significant other, wh- whether in like a kiss or a married capacity. I'm also, I will have to say, if anyone disputes this marriage during your marriage to the creepiest <laughs> person, I would have to say, I'm sorry. I am Jack. I am Jack. <laughs> I like Simon. He like had his life together more than the I rest of the characters. Um, Simon to me was like a proof that like because they kept on talking about how he's tall. He was tall. Like that you can get away with a lot if you're tall. <laughs> and a man. And he did. Yeah. And he worked in government. Cause if he said called her a good girl one more time, I was going to like, take I think it was like three times, by the way. Which is thrice too many. <laughs> there is reevaluating this entire friendship and this podcast. I quit. <laughs> TBD on whether there's a next episode. Uh, I feel like we need um like a versus show where it's like the <laughs> Dairy the Girls Ooh, versus these two. Love Dairy Girls. Oh, the Dairy Girls would just eviscerate them. Can you imagine? Look at yourself, Claire. <laughs> Can you imagine? Absolutely not. The way that they would come for Simon. They would come for all of them. There would be no one alive. We need a versus battle. Oh, I love Dairy Girls. Oh, yeah. It's one Such of my good reads. Claire and I will obviously disagree about this. <laughs> the Goodreads rating, listeners, is 3.56. Is this our lowest that we've had? Listen, I am I am upset. I'm yeah. unwell. I okay. feel personally offended. It is too low for me, too high for you, I'm sure. Zero. Um I did I did read this five stars when I read it in twenty twenty one. Okay. And I would do it again, Claire. <laughs> I would do it again today, tomorrow, and the day after, because I am once again in the exact Sally Rooney demographic. And I also enjoy sad prose. That reflects the world we live in without much pomp and circumstance. Like, that is my reading sweet spot. So I will continue to read Sally's books. Yes. I will continue to read them five stars. Even though she does not like you back. It's not that she doesn't like me specifically. No, it, she did. She was like, The persona Clara. of a fan who's you a little bit too intense. <laughs> and I don't. It's true. Oh, man. Claire, do you have something to say? All right. So I gave this book one star because I feel like this is a PSA to any white girly out there who has an unfinished diary from eighth grade or maybe some dry emails from AOL. Mm -hmm. You should send them to a publisher because they will be published. That's good news for me, listeners. (laughs) Someone will be like, this is the voice of a generation. <laughs> These dry, unfinished, unedited prose, we're going to put them into a 400-page book. It was like 336. Oh, it was so long. <laughs> Two. Oh, a punishment. I was punished. The universe was like, you were having too good of a day. <laughs> We're going to knock you down 5,000 pegs. But Um, you can rate us five stars instead of one. For this very rambling (laughs) battle that we just had. I mean, you were talking about versus battles before. I feel like we just had one, Claire. Like, what just happened? 
the Dairy Girls came out. We have a dinner reservation after this. <laughs> I'm going to send you an email canceling it. And I'm going to make up something random from the past. Oh, man. We will be starting dinner with a shot. I think that's only oh, yeah. right. I mean, I, I don't do dislike the you because you like this book. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll undo the damage that the last half hour has yes, wrought. because we're undo- good friends. That's so true. And we wouldn't do what these two women do to each other. So true. Thank you for listening. <laughs> if you're still with us. <laughs> if you're not like, whoa, what's going on here? <laughs> Wait, where can people find us oh, before we forget? One more chapter pod on Instagram and TikTok. Yes. And you can find me just spewing hate for Sally Rooney. Just <laughs> mad at the world at Clarabelle, CWB. And you can find Clara being lovely at... <laughs> Color me loverly. <laughs> On Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter.